So we're in installment four today, and today we're going to talk about uh, how to have a happy, healthy home, kind of a recipe for that. My mother-in-law, who's not in the room right now, but she's out back listening, so I won't say lots about her. Um, <laughs> she is Swiss, was born in Switzerland. She makes a certain kind of bread. The spelling is Z-O-P-F. Say it with me. Yeah, how do you say that? Uh, Sulp, I think is how they say it. It's almost like you have to spit at the end. Sulp. Anyway, it is delicious. The best bread, if you ever had Miriam, Miriam makes it too. If you ever had it, it is great. Uh, She made a roll for everybody here today. Uh, Unfortunately, on the transport, uh, it got eaten. Uh, So, uh, sorry, sorry, I didn't want to get your hopes up, but you're not getting jack from me. So, um, there's a recipe to make this Z-O-P-F bread. And I don't know what they do. Obviously, love is one of the ingredients, but there's salt and, you know, I don't know, pepper. I don't know. And uh, I, I get out of the way when they're making it, but I enjoy the recipe, or I enjoy the, the product of the recipe. So there's a recipe for having a happy family, and we're going to talk about that today. Now, let me remind you of a couple things. Much of what you hear in this series is sort of con- uh, contrary uh, to kind of common uh, social constructs today. And the things that we are teaching, the Bible is to be our guide, the Christian home is marriage-centric, and that's different in a lot of ways from what we hear in society. And the primary responsibility of Christian parents is to train children to love God, to be obedient to Him. So the idea is, once they leave home, their faith is theirs, it's not ours. We teach them, we guide them, but when they leave, their faith is their own. So that's kind of what we're going to teach today. So let's just start, we'll kind of jump right in, this recipe for having a happy uh, family. Number one is you have to have fun. So one of the things I think that's most important as a dad is to figure out how can you laugh at yourself. When our girls, I have four daughters, we have three that are older and out of the house, and our 17-year-old is a senior in high school. But when the three older ones were little, before Elise came along, we were taking them to um, a graduation ceremony. And you've been to graduations. They're horrible. I mean, they're great for the people that graduate, but what are graduations? They're, you sit there, you hear speeches, You try to stay awake. I mean, that's kind of the whole thing, which is really tough for for your kids when they're little especially. And so we were telling the girls, we're in the car going to the graduation. Oh, and the other part of graduation is you get a diploma, which is great. That's the end part. Really, I just wish I'd do the end. But if you've ever been to one, especially college ones, they think they're smarter than us, I think. And so they want to really be really, you know, eloquent and everything. So... The girls were in the back seat, and I said, girls, we, we, I want you to not be asking me if this thing is about over, because they're fidgety, you know, it's like, okay, so here's what's going to happen. We're going to go, and there's going to be a guy, and he's going to talk, and it's going to be kind of boring, and I just need you not to keep asking if it's about over. And my daughter, Mallory, and I quote, says, don't worry, Daddy, we'll live We make it through your sermon every week, don't we? Uh, She's out of the will, uh, by the way, but uh, it's okay. We have three others. There's something about laughter that is beneficial to us. In fact, Scripture says, I love this, one of my favorite texts, a cheerful heart is good medicine. And so I began to think, you know, maybe that's 
I mean, I know the Bible's true, but maybe it's like literally true. And so I went to the Mayo Clinic website. I know you all are on that all the time. And, and I was looking at, does, is laughter actually beneficial physically to our health? Well, come to find out, research has found that it really is beneficial. Let me give you some pointers that they had in this website. Uh, or some pointers, some facts. Short-term benefits of laughter. Number one, uh, laughter enhances your intake of oxygen-rich air, stimulates your heart, lungs, and muscles, and increases the endorphins that are released in your brain. Laughter helps you now. Laughter activates and relieves your stress response. Uh, uh, laughter can soothe tension. Long-term benefits, in incredible. It can improve, listen to this, improve your immune system, Negative thoughts, it says, manifests into chemical reactions, and that causes stress in your system. By contrast, positive thoughts, laughter can actually release uh, neopeptides, I, I believe that's what that is, uh, that help fight stress and potentially more serious illness. Another long-term benefit, relieves pain, increases personal satisfaction, improves mood. Laughter really is good medicine. I heard about this older couple they met in a retirement home. They're in their 80s. They decide they're going to get married in their 80s. When you're planning a wedding when you're in your 80s, you want to expedite the process. I mean, you know, you don't have a lot of time to waste. And so they were talking about, you know, when's it, they set a date and what's it going to look like and where we're going to have it. And they're going to have it in the retirement village and that kind of thing. And, and they were taking a walk and they were kind of walking hand in hand, which is sweet. And they walked by a drugstore. And they walk in, and the, the, the gentleman's name was John, and John goes up to the pharmacist, and he, he starts to ask him a few questions. Do you have medication for heart ailments? And the pharmacist was like, yeah, obviously we would have that. And so John goes down a list. Do you have uh, you know, medication for arthritis? And yeah, what about, uh, what about uh, diabetes? Because we'll have that. Yes, we have uh, we have that. What, what about you know? What about uh, loose bladder and gas? And it's like, yeah, we have lots of things for that. And what about memory? It's like, yeah, we have it all. If you have the ailments, we have something for it. And John said, "Great, we would like to register here for our wedding." <laughs> that was a joke. I was trying to give you that laughter is good medicine. If you don't laugh, it's on you. Now you're gonna you're gonna stroke out. It's gonna be bad for you. Jesus put it this way. He said, I've come in order that you might have life and have it in all its fullness. Doesn't mean there won't be problems, but it means that we, we do life together. We have time together. So let me give you a couple ideas today. Slow down and plan something spontaneous. Spend time as a family together. So... I was thinking, what, do we, what have we done in, in our family, just our family? Well, one thing is we all, we've hiked. We've always hiked. You know what hiking does for you? It's good physically, but it gets you out of the house. It gets you into nature. All those things are good. My girls still love to hike. In fact, we went to Switzerland on vacation. Well, you know what most people do on vacation is sit around and eat. We hiked. That was kind of what we do because that's what we do. We, um, we play games. Rook is my favorite game. Does anybody play Rook? I'm a baller. Do you play Rook? Oh, dude, I'm a, uh, we'll have to play sometime. I'm, I can, I'm, I'm a beast. Uh, uh, in the love of Jesus, of course. I, I, I love to play. So we play Rook, we play games, and 
when you're playing stuff, you're not you're talking to each other and you're interacting, and and these are all good things. At Christmas, Miriam started renting a cabin so that everybody could come to the cabin and we could all spend time together. All right, so I have four daughters, uh, two sons-in-laws, and they all come. One of my sons-in-law is the only uh, only child, so his parents come. Uh, and we play games, and we hang out, and we go hiking, because this is what we do. At Thanksgiving, all of my kids... Now, this is really cool this year. At Thanksgiving this year, all of my kids are going to go, and we, we meet at my mother's house in Kentucky. Uh, we call her Mana. We're going to go to Mana's house, and, and it's going to be awesome. And I've got two kids that live in Salt Lake City, and they're going to come to Mana's house. And my daughter, who lives in Switzerland, and her husband, they're going to come to Mana's house, and we're going to set the volleyball net, and we're, we're just going to... We're going to play, and we're going to hang out, and we're going to eat. And you have to schedule these times together. Yesterday, Elise played volleyball in Spartanburg. Her first game was at 8 a.m. We had to be there at 7.30 a.m. We left the house at 6.30 a.m. for volleyball. We played at 8, 10, 12 five, six, and 7.30. Thank you. It was great. N- not, not all of it, but uh, uh, it was great. We got to spend time together. She'd play a game. We'd come talk about it. Uh, she'd play another game. We'd talk about it. We'd hug. We'd talk. Uh, she lost the last game. Uh, she cried. We got to hug. <laughs> you know, we got to go through all the emotions yesterday because... We planned it. Now, that, that's a sport, and that's something that's plan, kind of planned for us. But we, we make sure, you've you, you got to make sure you spend time together. And when you're together, you have to give attention. The Bible says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others. Too often, we're just so busy with life that we kind of blow through it. So I'm going to give you a couple ideas around this. One is resolve not to interrupt when someone in your family is talking. And this happens a bunch. We're hurried, we're busy, we have things to do, we've got places to go, people to see. And so somebody is telling you something and you'll finish the sentence for them. And it's a little disrespectful. Look, I'm old, I, I admit my oldness, and sometimes the words don't come as quickly as I would wish they would. And I might take a minute to find that word. Just how it works. Give me time. Help me. Show me that you you care enough about me to let me say my own sentence. It's okay. We we honor people when we do that. There's another one. Make mealtime a priority. Make sure that you you, you have meals together. I, I think it's incredibly important. Put your phones away. Have a meal. Um, I used to have to, but before phones, my kids would bring a book to, they want to read while they're, while they're eating. It's like no, no books at the table, no phones at the table. Uh, we had no singing at the table. It really messes things up when you sing and, and you have a mouthful of food. Uh, so uh, we had to kind of watch all that. But we spent time together. It is really important to share meals together. And, you know, it gets hectic. And when kids are doing sports... So you have as many meals together as you can. Yesterday, 
at the tournament. There was a break, and so we went to get something to eat. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'll tell you my drive through story. Have you been to a drive through So I go to this drive through um, the, the lady, she kind of mumbled, and I didn't hear what she said real well. I believe she said, uh, I'll take your order in a minute. Like, okay, <laughs> great. Well, it was like a long minute, and nothing, no voice came back, and I'm thinking, she's forgotten I'm here. So I said, Elise, what did she say? Maybe I didn't hear her right. She said to get, place your order. That's what Elise said, punk. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> I said, are you ready for my order? To, to which the voice said, when I'm ready for your order, I'll tell you when I'm ready for your order. I looked at Elisa like, thanks, you know, thanks, man. <laughs> and we laughed about it. it. You can't have great moments if you don't spend time together. Which leads me to the third thing. Capture memories. You just capture memories. This is a, a calendar my kids made for me with pictures of us. I love this calendar. It's October now. It's crazy, isn't it? Let's see what's in October. November's my birthday. I'm nowhere. Uh, okay, great. <laughs> Thanks for that. But just pictures of the kids. Um, photos are great. Uh, one of the cool things, and I'm not a big Facebook person, but you have, don't you, on Facebook, that memories come up. This thing happened seven years ago today. Well, that, that's kind of cool. Um, the other day one popped up. My, my friend Tim Kemp had taken me uh, for, a, for a, a flight, and that, that came up, and it was like, oh, Tim Kemp, yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I like these memories. And so with your family, I'll put this down so you can see me better. With your family, look, the Bible talks about over 160 times in Scripture, it says, remember stuff. Remember stuff the Lord has done for you. Be very careful to never forget what you've seen the Lord do for you. Don't forget. Make memories. Look, that's why we take communion. Communion reminds us. It physically reminds us of something that Jesus did for us. The sacrifice He made. That's why we take communion. That's why we make a special deal about it. And so the creative idea around this is create anniversaries around stuff that happens in your life. We have two that we've created in our family. One is November 1st. November 1st when uh, I think Mallory was five and Amaris was six and Janelle was three. I mean, they were really, really little. All my kids were little, little. I'd taken my two oldest daughters and we had gone to Walmart to buy bikes. I had borrowed my dad's truck. And we had gotten to Walmart, and we had bought the bikes and put them in the back, and we were driving home. And I'm about a quarter of a mile from my dad's mom and dad's house. And it was rainy that day, and a car hydroplaned into our lane, and we uh, had a collision. And it slid us to the side of the road, and, and their vehicle catches fire, and the two people in that car perished. I was knocked unconscious. And so I, I rouse, and I realize there's fire, and uh, I know fire and cars, that's not a good combination. So I can't get my door open. Uh, my shoulder was 
was bruised really severely and, and burned. And so I climb over my kid, one of my kids, one of them was in the back, and I opened the door and I got uh, the first daughter out and put her away from the car and uh, the truck and went to get the second one. By the time I got the second one, the flames were so intense, uh, it burned the hair off my legs. And I, I got them safe. And then people helped us and rallied to help us. And we remember that day. Every November 1st, I'll get a text from my kids, Happy Celebrate Life Day. They don't remember it, but I remember it. And we celebrate God's uh, salvation. Not spiritual so much, but physical salvation that day. On July 3rd, many years ago, 20 years ago, uh, I had a heart attack. We celebrate that with ribs. Uh, it's, it just makes sense. You know? It's like, celebrate that with ribs. I don't know what you do without me. Studies have shown that, that memories created during vacations are things that people will, will last forever. My dad was uh, a truck driver by trade. His hobby was uh, restoring antique automobiles. So he would, he would they, we, we called it back in the day, I don't know what they call it now, we'd street rod them, which means he would put modern uh, amenities, a modern engine, a modern transmission into an antique automobile. Well, one year, and, and when I say we built those, I mean dad built those and I watched him, basically. One year he built a 34 Ford Cabriolet convertible. I should have a picture. Ah. Uh, the doors, the front doors opened from the front, called gangster doors. Oh, it was so cool. He had a 327. Um, the faster you went, the lower the car got. The, 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 um, the body was painted like a rose color. The, the fenders were maroon. He called it secondhand rose. It was awesome, man. So uh, we would take those that car to, to car shows. Gatlinburg was a big car show, and me and a bunch of other uh, dad and a bunch of other people with cars would go to Gatlinburg and we'd look at cars. Hey, that's a car, uh, and it was great. One time we went to Columbus, Ohio, for a big national meet. We're in this big motel, huge motel, just a, a million of these cars around, and at the same time. The Commodores were there, the singing group. I'm easy, easy like a Sunday morning. Those Commodores. If you're old enough, you know who they are. Uh, Lionel Richie. Uh, so <laughs> we get up on uh, Saturday morning, and it's a bunch of cars, a bunch of white guys with cars, and the Commodores. Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> The Commodores are mingling around, you know, they're kind of hanging out. Uh, the Commodores drummer was named Walter Orange. And Walter, my, uh, my dad's car, he loved my dad's car. He kind of talked about buying my dad's car. I'll, I'll never forget that. I mean, it's awesome. I remember going to Gatlinburg one time, and I loved Gatlinburg because we always were in a hotel room with a pool. And, and I get to go swimming. I, I, I remember those things. We, we'd go to that... Uh, Klingman's Dome, crazy, stupid thing. Uh, that's the highest spot in, in, in Tennessee, and we go to Klingman, Klingman Dome. I remember those things. And, and my girls, we, we'd go hiking, and, and my girls talk about those hikes. Remember those things. See, 
when you create anniversaries, when you create memories, when you take the time to do things together, it gives them this, your kids, this sense of belonging. There's a guy by the name of, he's a scientist by the name of Dr. John Dufresne. He's a social scientist, and he researched children, and he asked them, what do you think make a happy family? It, it wasn't a big house or a nice car. They said the number one answer that they found in their research was doing things together. So you got to make time to create those memories. A fourth thing is verbally inspire. We talk, we've talked about this probably three times in this series. It is incredibly important to your kids. So speak encouraging words to one another. It's encouraging. It's, it's important to all of us. Speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so that all will be together in this. No one is left out. No one is left behind. I know you're already doing this. Just keep doing it. Encouraging words. The, there's nothing better. My friend Cliff Marshall. Three weeks ago, when we started this series, he called me as he was going home from church. Uh, Cliff, is it okay if I tell this? Where are you? Okay. It's too late. I'm kind of into it. So what are you going to do? Part of it's good. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to make it look good. Um, Cliff calls me up, and he said, that's the best message on parenting I've ever heard. I can't tell you how much that meant to me. I mean, Cliff hears a lot of people. He, he has been around. Look how old he's old as dirt. Uh, uh, he's been around. He's, he's, we all need it. Your kids certainly need it. They need to know that, that they're valued and that they're loved and that they do something well. Cliff, thank you for that. We, we need those things. I heard about a bride and she wouldn't dance with her husband that first dance. You know, it's supposed to be a big deal. Josiah's was nice. Where are you? Yeah. Sarah Margaret was beautiful. It was a nice dance. It was beautiful. That's kind of a, the highlight of the wedding, really. It wasn't the vows. Uh, it was the, the highlight. was the, the dance. The dance was beautiful. Well, this woman wouldn't dance with her husband because her dad, when she was little, he caught her dancing in the mirror and he said, just sort of offhandedly, you know, your mouth is funny. Your mouth looks funny when you dance. She wouldn't dance. We, what we say sometimes in relaxed moments can be so hurtful. We'll introduce our kid and we'll say, this is Billy. He's kind of shy. And guess what? Billy acts kind of shy. Because we're... <laughs> We're speaking that into him. In Proverbs 3, it says, uh, Jesus said, uh, I'm sorry, in Matthew said, a good person produces good words from a good heart. People will say, well, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. A good person produces good words from a good heart. 
Yeah, you know what to say. You did a good job. You're doing good with this. Um, we have opportunities. In fact, here this is my Proverbs verse. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Let me give you uh, an idea. Write a note, send a text, make a phone call. Miriam used to write little notes to our girls and put them in their lunch boxes. And at lunch, they'd open up the note and they would read it. I don't know what they said because she never sent me a note. But I think they were nice. I asked the girls one time, I said, what does it mean for you that mama writes you a note every day? And they were like, we love to get our notes every day. <laughs> it's like, it's just a little note. And they were like, no. That means something to us. The woman that won Miss America in 1980 attributed it to her mailman. The story goes like this. Since she was a little girl, she would work in her dad's grocery store, and the mailman would come in every day, and she, he would pat her on the head, and he would say these words, How's my little Miss America today? So talented and beautiful. Day after day, year after year, this girl became a, a young woman, and she started entering pageants, and then she wins the 1980 Miss America pageant, and she thanked the mailman. Those words were important to her. I picked up on that. When my girls were little, I'd pat them on the head, and I would say, how's my little Miss Millionaire today? <laughs> Who takes care of her daddy when she gets old. Uh, you know, uh, you, you're placing those things in their hearts and in their minds. Love unconditionally. Above all, uh, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Above all, that means it's of ultimate importance. There's sort of two ways people, uh, child-parent, kind of love each other. And it's this way. There, there's conditional and unconditional. Now, most of us love unconditionally, but sometimes the way we say it seems like, if you don't do this, then you don't get my love. It's contractual. Uh, you have to do something to earn my love. I read a sweet story this week. David Price writes about this young girl, little girl uh, named Oksana. She was orphaned, and she was in an orphanage that was horrific in another country. And some American parents adopted her, and they brought her in. And, and this little girl, she, she'd been in an orphanage. She didn't know a lot about a lot of things. It's a different culture, a different country. She really didn't make her room Kind of things were out of sorts there. So her mom and dad said, Oksana, we expect in our family that we keep our rooms clean. It's kind of an expectation that we have. The next morning they went into her room and it was immaculate. Bed made, toys put away, dusted. And she said, since my room is clean, will you let me stay? And it broke her parents' hearts. And they, they sat her down and they said, Oksana, we, we love you and you're ours forever. But because we're part of a family, we work together and we, uh, we keep things clean. And You don't have to do this for us to love you. We don't have to do this for us to accept you. And you don't have to do this for us to keep you. 
But because we're going to do all those things, we have an expectation. And she grew to understand that, and she got to where she could even accept, uh, accept discipline. This is a verse we looked at last week, but it's so important. The Lord corrects those He loves, just as parents correct the children they delight in. We correct them because not, not because we don't love them, we correct them because we do love them. We, we love them. Finally, we yield to God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your might. These are the things that the Bible talks about. It's kind of relaxing because when you yield to God, you know that your kids are in His hands. And we've talked about it before. God loves them more than you do, and you love them a lot. In Deuteronomy, it says, these commandments I give you, we talked about this a couple of times as well, these commandments I give you, uh, they're to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk, walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up and when you're in the car and when you're at the dinner table. These are the things that we chat about. Spiritual training is a parent's job. And if I want my kids to love Scripture, read Scripture, then they're going to have to see me do it. And if I want my kids to know prayer is important, they're going to have to see me do it. Because the truth of the matter is, a child's spiritual training starts by watching the lives of his or her parents. So we're going to end with one more verse. Joshua one time was leading the nation of Israel, and it was this climactic moment, and he says, choose today for yourselves whom you'll serve. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. It is a choice that we make to inspire verbally, to capture memories, to have fun, to train the right way, to do the things that God has called us to do, to be an inspiration by yielding to God ourselves. All these things are things that we can do. So I'm going to pray a blessing on us that, that you and I can live up to the calling that, and the privilege that we have as parents. Lord, thank You for these words today that You've given to us. Thank You for loving us and caring for us. Thank You for all You do. Thank You for being the perfect parent, the great model that You are for us. Help us to serve You with all of our hearts, minds, soul, and strength. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.